All right, welcome to Kitchen Table Netrunner. I'm Tristan. I'm Nicole. All right, so this is our first episode. We're trying this podcast thing uh, for real this time. Someday you might uh, get to see the like the lost videos or something. <laughs> Never before released yeah. YouTube. Yeah, we have a fake YouTube channel as well. Um, but welcome. This is, I'm not going to say the best place, a place you can come to if you want to listen to content about Netrunner. A lot of the old uh, August respectable podcasts are shutting down. And so we sense a power vacuum. This is our chance to be, you know, like the number five <laughs> podcast about a dead game that is no longer supported. And so we're going to seize that and, and capitalize on it. Uh, so this is called Kitchen Table Netrunner because we like to play at home the most. And this is technically a dining room table, but uh, that is kind of the locus of our Netrunner adventure. Um, but also because, you know, people talk about in the conversations more generally, the kitchen table as, as the place where people can, you know, do whatever they want with Netrunner, have the kind of fun that they want to have and, and, uh, build new experiences that aren't necessarily super competitive. So Nicole, why don't you talk about, uh, maybe your feelings about Netrunner and how you... How long you've been playing, and uh, what you're, what you've enjoyed so the most so far? Okay. How long have we been playing? Like nine months? <laughs> since December, yeah. Yeah, so it's about nine months. Well, since the uh, the revised core set came out. Yeah. And I don't remember what else you asked me about it. I enjoy playing that runner. What do you like about it? It's never the same thing. I like that about it. Like, it's something different, you know? Even if you're playing, like, the same two... The same matchup. Yeah. It, like, it's it's just different the way it's played based on what cards you have out. Like, you have to be thinking, you know? It's not just kind of a rote thing. Like, oh, I got this card, so I'll always use it this way. Like, you kind of... You have to adapt and think about things. And it... So I find that exciting. Do you know what I think is interesting about Netrunner? Yeah. I feel like it's two totally different games. I mean, I know it's asymmetric, but, like, the feeling of playing it is different on the other two sides. Like, I oh, feel yeah. like the game is so tense as the corp, right? Like, you, like, lay some stuff out, and you're like, oh, my gosh, I hope they don't run this. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> that feeling of you're just, like, holding your breath the whole runner turn. Whereas, like, with Runner, I'm like, okay, I got a sense of what that might be. I need to, like, figure out some of the math and do some of the, uh, you know, like, can I get through this remote? I figured this piece out. And I just, I I think that you could do math on both sides or you could feel, like, the uncertainty on both sides. But for some reason, they're just very different for me. Yeah, I still get the tension, though, like, when you're the Runner because you're just like, oh, my gosh. What am I going to run into? You're, you're like, I know that that's an agenda and I got to get in there, but like, what's going to zap me on the way there? And like, ah, right, okay. or do I have like, and there's the math question. Do I have enough of everything to get through? Or and you always like trick me with like, I oh, trick you. well, maybe not, but you always have these things. It's like, oh, well, you just have to spend an extra click. And I'm like, no, I just used my last one. Oh yeah. That, that warden. Tuma, yeah. Okay, so not that I play Bioroids all that often. If you were gonna, if you were gonna say like, do you have like a favorite? Now we're getting to know you. First episode, kind of stuff. Do you have a favorite uh, corporate or and or runner faction? Uh, runner shaper. I'm trying to branch out and try new things, but I really like shaper. And um. On the corpse side, Jinteki is fun, but I think my favorite might be the yellow one. Oh man, has it been that <laughs> long? Yes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm very visual, so you know. 
you know their logo literally is the letters NBN, so you could visualize that. I just remember the color of the card. I think I'm a Waylon guy, and um, oh gosh, you're so mean with Waylon. I think, you know, runner side. I just like to go fast and unpredictable, and I can play a little bit of that in each of the factions. With Shaper, it's pretty much just with Cabernet Wu, but yeah, um, Shaper's not usually very fast, right? But okay, slow and methodical. Yeah, yeah, you've got a system. So first things first, uh, Netrunner's Worlds equivalent happened last month. How did you do at Worlds, Magnum Opus event in Roseville, Minnesota? Did you go to Worlds? Oh no. Yeah. Okay, I didn't either. My plan was to win the Portland Regional, and then uh, I would have gotten a free pass to it, and then I'm like, well, I won the Portland Regional, so I kind of have to go and then make it work. But um, it's hard to win a regional when you lose most of your games. Yes, as the person who came in second to last, I completely agree with that statement. Okay, well, I mean, I, yeah, so I wasn't trying to rub it in. I, I, I got, yeah. was, I think it was, I think I got 22nd out of 27, and you got 26th. I, I thought you were higher than that, but maybe not. No, the last couple of games didn't go well. Um, yeah. There, yeah, there are a couple of issues. It was a bummer, too, because I was, I didn't want to be last, but I kind of, like, if you're that low, you may as well be last when there's a prize for being the loserest loser. Right. So I was just the loseriest loser who got nothing for it. You didn't get nothing. You got those Amina alt arts. Well, that's true, but everybody did. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's not like you walked away with just shame. That's true. All right. So, but one of the things that happened at Magnum Opus was that new cards were released. So, yeah, so these cards, we got a copy right here. You can may hear the plastic rustling as I'm unwrapping them. And um, I didn't actually get the cards at the event. You can order them. there. But we ordered them. There are at, uh, at the Make Playing Cards, they had, a, they had a, a link where someone is putting them up at cost. So, you know, he's not making any money. FFG is doesn't need to think about this. License is expired. So here are the cards. I wanted to see what you thought about them. Okay. All right. So first of all, can we get one of each? Uh, no. This is this is a special one of oh, card. Okay. Hold okay. on. Hold on. So this first one is called Hired Help. Okay. And cool. No, I thought there was a there was a second one that I'm confused about. But that's fine. We'll just keep moving. Uh, so Hired Help is uh, one of the Right. It was a card that uh, was created because they, like, the people who were playing voted when they won a match during day one about which, what they wanted the card to look like. And so they vote on different parts of the card. Oh, that's this one. Yes, it's one cost upgrade for the corp. So. I don't understand. One cost for everybody? Is this like a. Belonging to a faction? No, no, it's a neutral. It's a neutral one, so uh, one neutral, influence. Like, okay. Yeah, three to trash, and uh, it says it's an additional cost to run the server. Uh, the runner's gonna have to trash an agenda, and you can ignore it if the runner made a successful run on HQ this turn. Hmm. So if you're playing against a criminal, you could install it on HQ, and then. There would be no way around the text, right? Because they wouldn't have made a successful run until they make a run. So you could just never run HQ. Right. Unless you sacrificed an agenda, right? But then you'd have to... Then once you made that run, then you'd be able to Sacrifice a negative one agenda. Yeah, right. If you're playing against like a, <laughs> one of those low agenda point sports metal decks, that would certainly be a solution. All right. I, I'm going to have to look because my pack didn't have the other... Uh, oh, there it is. Here it is. Never mind. Here's the other one. Watch the world burn. So this is a runner card. One influence, three cost. Uh, it's a terminal. So after you resolve it, your actions are over. So 
You make a run. If you're successful, you remove the first non-agenda card that you access from the game. And for the rest of the game, whenever you access a copy of that card, remove it from the game. So if you think there's a snare, you know there's a snare there, you can pop the snare. And then all snares. And then all the the snares. I honestly cannot think of another situation where this is worth anything, right? Like, this is the most situational card I can ever imagine, right? First of all, there's only one in a deck, and you're going to want this presumably early, but you're also going to say, like, oh, man, that's the one card that I know there's multiple copies of and I can't deal with, right? Well, you could just do it to be annoying, like Rashida. Yeah, but, like, how often are you actually going to hit that Rashida, right? Like, a snare sits there until you're ready for it. Yeah. Right, like... So, if we've ignored the second half of it, and you said it's three cost, and either it's an agenda and this card does nothing, or it's not an agenda and nothing's gonna like it's just gonna get removed from the game. You don't have to pay to trash it. You don't have to suffer any like ambush effects. Is that worth it? I can't think of any cards that would be worth it right now. Yeah. I guess it doesn't actually say that you don't access it. It says the first card that you access. So I would think that the runner cards, since it's your runner's turn, right, that your triggers would happen first. You access it. I don't think the access would fully resolve. But I don't know. In either event, I've heard that these cards are never going to be legal, basically, because they're crazy. These two cards. So, uh, sorry, listener, for but now we can move on to the speculation. Real deal. Yeah, real deal. Okay, so this is 2015 World Champion Dan Argenio's card, timely public release. So it's a four-two agenda, neutral agenda that gets a an agenda counter when it's scored, and spending an agenda counter lets you install a piece of ice from HQ Archives into any position. In any server, no costs, right? So you can get an outermost without any, you know, uh, big expenses or anything like that. It doesn't in let you resonate. In any position, like, can you rearrange your ice? No, but this could go in between ice. That, That's what like, I was meaning. Yeah, right. sorry, rearrange makes sense. Yeah, you can be like... Right. Okay. For, for the listeners... I'm sorry. She made a motion where she separated out an ice stack and put this one in the middle. Again, visual... I'm a visual person. Okay. So, um, also, this uh, is a fun card because FFG's releases of information have not always been timely. So, this is a way to be like, hey, you know what would be neat is if there's a corporation that released information about things uh, on some kind of a schedule. Twisting the knife. Yeah, okay. 2016 world champion Chris Dyer's card, Border Control. Got some Wayland Ice. So it's a four cost, one strength barrier. That's not a good start. It's got two subroutines. First of all, the corp gains one credit for each piece of ice protecting the server. So that could be nice if you're doing kind of a surveyor surveyor stack, right? And you've got a BP server already. And then end the run, sure. But there's also a secret weapon on it where you can trash this piece of ice to end the run while they're running on it. You can even do it like if you have a big... That's sur- not a subroutine, so it's, it's not they a subroutine. can't get around it. Right. It you, can do it, you can do it at any point during the run to any paid ability window. So you could put this as like the fifth piece of ice... And either make them break, and then like they get all the way down to the bottom, and you're like, "Oops, sorry." Yeah, not this time. All right, 2017 World Champion Wilfie Horig from Australia. Chris Dyer's from Chris Dyer's from the UK. Why are Why are these all designed by? Because that's what that's why we got all these extra cards is because they didn't get a chance to put their cards out in the regular time frame. Said to like spin them out fast. Because oh. if you win a, a continental championship or a world championship, then you get to design a card. Oh, and they just never got their opportunity. Yeah, so now they're spinning them out fast. Although, you know, you saw Dan's is from his 2015 world championship, so I think he just took a little while. Wilfie, uh, so Dan from America, 
Chris Dyer from the UK and Wilfie from Australia. So this is an NBN piece of ice, three cost, five strength code gate. So that's great already, as long as it does something useful. Uh, reveal the top three cards after you put the top card of the stack on the bottom. Top card being the card that you most often know what it is, right? Like if it's one of those NBN tricks from the last cycle that uh, lets you put cards onto the top of the stack. Hmm. Are they all into your hand or some on the top of the stack? You know those cards better than I do. Okay. So, but now that's gone. Okay, and then you say the runner loses some credits. If two of those cards are of the same type, you gain three credits. That's going to happen reasonably often, right? And if all three of them are the same, then you can put three advancement tokens on an installed card. Hmm. That's going to be pretty situational, and that's going to be useful, right? Yeah. But... That, I mean, that third subroutine's not going to fire very often, and if it fires, will you have a perfect target for it? All right, 2016 Gen Con champion, also known as North American Championship, do Dan Dargenio. To, do they get to decide, like, the text for it, too, or They work the to picture? design the card. They don't... I think they do the picture. Oh, okay, okay. They work to design the, the card and what it does. Okay. So they design the card. To me, that means, like, make the picture. Wow, you are very visual. <laughs> I'm learning new things about you. Oh my gosh, we've been married for how many years? And you don't know. Twelve. Twelve years. Yeah, I got there. All right, two cost Gentechi upgrade Embolus. So when your turn begins, you can pay a credit to place a power counter on it. These cards feel different. Well, they are. I mean, they're they're a little bit different. Sorry. They're just yeah. I mean, they weren't made in FFGs. Yeah. 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 Whenever the runner makes a successful run, you remove a power counter, and you can use a power counter to end the run on that server. But whenever they make a run anywhere, you take a power counter off. So you have to be kind of controlling their ability to make runs. But then if you can do that, then you're accumulating these tokens that then you can stop them from getting in. Hmm. I don't like that very much. Yeah, it seems like it's just something you have to keep under control, right? Like, so think of like from a shaper perspective, you're like, well, I'm going to take three turns and set up for a little while. Then that, then you can be like, okay, great. I'm going to accumulate these tokens. But if you're like playing against a criminal and they're like making a run somewhere every turn, right? Like a run based criminal with Paragon or something. All right. Next, 2017 Gen Con champion Sam. S. Don't wanna don't wanna take a chance there. I'm usually pretty good with names. So crowdfunding. Yeah, a zero cost virtual resource for criminal. Three credits go on it when you install it. When there's no credits left, you trash it and draw a card. When your turn begins, you take a credit. When your turn ends, if you made three successful runs, you may install it from your heap, ignoring all costs. Oh, wait. There are no costs. Right, but if there was a cost to install a resource, right, like if you had scarcity resources out or something like that. Okay. Yeah. So, if you had three of these down, or three of these in your heap, you made three runs, and you pop all three of them back into your play... And you get three credits a turn, and then you get all these cards. Hmm. This card seems kind of crazy. It's like a little bit bananas. Right? I mean, you don't pay for it. It's always just sitting there. I mean, think about, like, when you're playing cards like Notoriety, you have to make three runs in a turn. Yeah. No? It seems, I don't know, it seems simple. Like. Alright, alright. You're not going to make three runs in a single turn very often. That's, yeah, that's but if you thing. had two or three crowdfundings and you, if you were like, man, I really wish I could get those back, then I could see making three runs on archives even, potentially, if you're just... Or if you had any other reason to make a run, right? Like, Because if you're getting bankroll credits, if you're getting Paragon value you know there's lots of reasons you could make runs 
All right. 2017 European champion Mike Sheehan, Labor Rights, Anarch, Zero Cost Event. Trash the top three cards of your stack, shuffle three cards from your heap into your stack, draw a card, and remove it from the game. So this is a lot like a lot of the um, a lot of the corp cards that we got in the Katara cycle. Yeah, yeah, there's one pretty much exactly like that, right? Yeah, it's a lot like the um, the neutral event, but there's also genotyping. Genotyping, that's what I was thinking about. Yeah, I'm thinking of the the one with the stadium. Not coming to me right now, but that's the neutral one. That's like the runner gets two credits, but otherwise it does basically the same thing as genotyping. Very similar. Distract the masses? Distract the masses. Ooh, I came up with the name for that one. That was impressive. Thank you. I was moving around like bread and circuses, but oh. that's much more classical. Yeah. Anyway. I actually use genotyping. I don't ever use distract the masses, but I, I couldn't think of that name. I could just think it's red. <laughs> yeah. There's a dude getting like the worst massage of his life. He's got like the little, like the needle machines. He's like on his stomach and like the needle machines poking at him. Nope. Nope. That's it's genotyping. Red. It's red. Yeah. He might be blue. And do you think... Okay. All right, but I don't really... I don't have a sense, like... As a runner, I think to myself that my heap is pretty much my heap, right? So, like, I'm not sure what I would try and get back, necessarily. Well, sometimes you lose stuff, like, um... But then shuffling it back in isn't great, right? If you lose something, you're like, oh, I needed that program... Yeah. Well, so but if you have something you can pull out of the out of your deck, but not your heap. I've forgotten all this terminology. Apparently. Wow. Yeah. So I mean, sure, sure. Because there are some cards like that that you can't pull it from the garbage, but you can pull it out of the out of your stack. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Last but not least. Although it might be the least played. We'll see. I know there were those first two. Yeah. Highly questionable. Um, Sideways. NAPD. Cyber Bureau. Keeping the peace. So this is a new ID for uh, the one versus mini game. So 40 card limit. Infinity influence. Here's the starting side. It says you draw a starting hand of 10. Before you take your first turn and solve up to five cards, ignoring all the costs, res any number of them, total res costs lowered by 20, and then you flip it. What? Okay. So here is the Detective Bureau upholding the law. And so the first time you get a run each turn, you force them to lose a credit for each agenda point in their score area, and you gain a credit for each credit that's lost, and then you can use a click to gain three credits or draw three cards. Okay, who is this? This is when you play one versus many. You play against multiple runners. Oh. So each... So there's no corp then? This is the corp. This is the corp. This is the police. Right. So I feel like you're not picking up on the... Like the... the, the like the police are... In on it? Right. Well, and they're trying to catch all these these all these hackers, right? So it's like a sting operation kind of a thing. Um. Y- yeah. Okay. Okay. Sure. So like, oh. so the corp has to get seven points, but if the runners combined get How do seven you points, play and they against multiple runners. So yeah. So like the, the runner, like the active player, moves around, and so you'll be, you'll they'll have a turn. And then you'll have a turn, and, and then, like, the active player shifts, and so, like, the player who is affected by things will change, and, like, right, like, so you can only play against, you're playing against one runner on each turn, but that runner keeps changing. That's weird. I've heard, so, first of all, as you can imagine, some things are very different, right? Like, it, it, it takes a whole different mindset. It's not like... You can just play a regular Netrunner. Yeah. And there's also, you know, as you can imagine also, getting, having 40 cards and having five 
cards that you can install at the beginning and res and all that kind of stuff means that pretty quickly people focused on like how can we break this as quickly as possible and get like a seven point opening turn. But that's a thing that might be explored in the future. It's a neat idea. I heard that, you know. It's an interesting concept. I don't know. I'm not sure that I'm ready to change up Netrunner yet. Speaking of changing up Netrunner. Ooh, segue. Yeah. But not your awesome scooters that you wish you were driving on. I don't know if the segue is really a scooter, but... So with the official end of FFG support for Netrunner, there has been a fan organization committed to keeping the game alive. Project Nisei. Fact. And since in the week, the seven days following the uh, expiration of the license, or the version of the license, they released seven articles to introduce us to the new world of of what's coming. So I wanted to discuss them with you. Okay. Now. Bring it. First things first. The first article that was released Tuesday was called Hostile Takeover. That's a card. It is. I and... Picture looks like. Okay. Well, if you whisper on a podcast, it's a little weird. Sorry. It's okay. All right. So let's go through the news here. So the first thing is they're releasing a new game night kit. We'll talk a little bit more about the the art specifically, but um, it's pretty exciting that it comes with different cards and a playmat. So this is another chance to win a playmat. But not new cards, just fancier versions of the right ones. Al- alternate art. Yeah, and uh, anyone can order them. So. We could just have our own little kitchen table tournament if you wanted. Mm-hmm. See who wins the playmat. You know, I was at I was at uh, I was at a game store though today. I was at I was at Game Rolls today, and I was thinking about maybe I could host a tournament there. I don't know. So yeah, put it out on the Facebook group, you know. Right. So I, it's just like that's how low the barrier to entry is. Anyone that's just like, hey, I want to do a thing with my friends can. All right, next, I want to talk about the formats. So they talked about the formats that they're going to support. And now, since I know that you haven't been doing a ton of following of these articles. Big time. Here's what I want. Hot takes. Are you ready? What's that mean? You're gonna say you like word is. association? No, it's not like word association. It's like your your like off the cuff reaction that's like you know involves some kind of a it's like clever and uh, insightful. You but do like, know I'm not clever and I'm rarely insightful, right? I disagree with both of those assessments. Mm. All right, number one, eternal format. All cards ever printed, including new cards that will be printed, and a single. Uh, special, like, most wanted list to try and take out the most broken of the broken things. Okay, so the rotated out cards would are be included. back in, yeah. but they Everything. pull some cards out? Right, that might be, like, too over the top. Okay. Go. I don't know. I don't know so many of those cards. Yeah, Okay. I think I mean, it's, like cards are rotated out for a reason, though. So I think that's a thing. I, yeah, that's the nice thing about rotation, right? Is like you get like so. First of all, Netrunner was a game in the '90s, was crazy, a lot of stuff in there that didn't make any sense. And then they like rebooted it, and still, you know, it took them like a year before they really hit their stride. And so, like, rotation was a chance to get. Uh, like, kind of undo that stuff, right? And take the the mistakes out, right? Or the things that were like, oh, that was kind of detracting from the play experience in a meaningful way. Or restricting the design space. Mm-hmm. So I tend to agree with you there. But I bet there are a lot of people with fond memories of things that they used to do that they'd like to do again. Mm-hmm. All right. Core experience. So it's single copy of the most recent core set. 
So it's supposed to be new players, and, uh, but it's like you know something that's that's engaging, and exciting. So like a very small experience where you've got a very uh, like a controlled like what's the best deck or the most interesting deck or the best way that you can pilot a deck with this through this core box. Seems good. I mean, we keep trying to like you know introduce people to the game, and so frequently. I don't know, it's, just, it's kind of a complicated thing to start. Like, once you understand it, it's not as complicated, but, like, to, to get going. I mean, we always are like, okay, well, here's this Team Covenant video, but it's, like, two hours long, so you already have to be invested before you get too deep in it. Sure, I think that there's still some a fair amount of rules work that would be needed. Right, but, like, limiting the cards yeah. like, makes it easier. Yeah. That's why I always liked getting, like, the packet... Like, every month, you know? It's like, ooh, here's some new cards. Okay, I can handle these. It's a little bit to learn. Right. Yeah. Snapshot. Snapshot is exactly what the rules are right now, exactly what the card pool is right now. Locked in forever. Frozen in time. Like, right now, right now? Right now. Well, that's not very fun. I mean, like... I don't know. Shouldn't it, like, change and evolve? Like, isn't that part of the That's why it's called a snapshot. It's, like, frozen in time, yeah. It's like, this is the way the game... This is the way the game left the stage, right? Like this So, is, like, this would be a thing that comes back. It's not like they're saying, like, here are these options. Like, this is what it will be forever. They're these, saying, are, like, these are, these are the, the formats that Nisei is supporting. So, they might have, like, an event in one of these formats. Okay, okay. That that seems fine. I feel like I have like a certain level of mastery of this universe of 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 this meta, you know. Not that I'm very good at it, but well, we don't have so many of the cards from it, so that's like a part of it. I mean, we have them, but we haven't. That's a whole other story. We're gonna have to. Anyway, point is like okay, okay. If that's like just a one of many, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Then so, I think that's fine. Okay. That's fine. Draft requires a cube or sealed draft packs, and so you draft decks. See, so there's just like a like a set of cards, and then people take turns picking them, and they build decks that are like based on how can I optimize what I'm doing based on what other people have picked already and what can I build out of the things they haven't picked or no like way. never. I hear people say that it's the most fun way to play once you're like a super veteran. I don't know, maybe. Maybe maybe it's because I'm not a super veteran, but I'm also slow at things. And like Well when it's your turn to draft, it's not like people are picking cards over you. No, I know, <laughs> but like 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 it's like I we talked about Shaper, like slow and methodical, and so this requires me to think much more on my feet than I am comfortable okay, fair doing. Alright. So I would be frazzled. Standard. It's called standard because it's going to be the the standard event or baseline. So what you should expect. Um, so it's got a unique most wanted list, the most recent core set, and rotation. Okay. So that's that's like you know your like like, uh, like a much larger set than a core, but like um, you know a curated experience, right? So that's you know what we have now. It's just that we have a frozen. We're gonna be like freezing current standard, and that's that's called the snapshot, right? right. So yeah, it seems fine. Yep. I mean, All right. Sense. All right. They announced that we've got uh, the new core coming out. We'll talk about that in just a moment, and they will announce it on the 16th of November, valid as of effective 21st of December. All right. So that's second announcement. That's the first announcement. Did I say second? It was the first one. That was Tuesday. Wednesday. Rebirth. Also a card. Yes. Yeah. Watch out. So, first things first. New core set. How do you feel about that idea? First first glance. What do you think? It's not another thing we have to buy, right? Like, it's just the cards that exist, and then they tell you what they are. Right. So, 
I remember when I mentioned this to you, you're like, we just got a new core set. Well, I feel like that. I mean, they put a lot of thought into, like, what should be in the core set when they put out the revised core set. So the fact that, like, we're rethinking that, retooling it again, are they going to be selling it as packets? Not presently. They're not sure... If they can do that licensing-wise. Well, not they can't licensing-wise. The question is, like, the basic plan is the default that you should expect is not for them to be not selling FFG assets. Okay. As an organization. I did. Okay. I don't care. I mean, it's, whatever. We have the cards, so we can... We can work with it. I think it makes it a little bit more challenging if you're you're new to the game, which I mean, obviously, it's not the greatest time to be new to the game, maybe. But like, or is it? Well, cards are becoming more and more scarce. You know, people are buying them all up. The game stores had them all like super discounted when they announced that it was going to go out. That was a mistake on their part. Yeah, but the point is. That, like, if you can't just track down and find something, right? Like, if they're like, okay, our new corset has has cards from the revised corset, but then some of these older cards and some of these newer cards and, like, all yeah. these different things. Like, it's going to be harder for a new player to track this down. This seems really geared toward people who are already into it, people who already have it all. Alternate perspective. Proxies are legal at all uh, Nisei organized events. That's so, fine. I mean, but you still have to be, like, somewhat invested in it to, like, want to go and find the card and print the card out and, like, cut them out and all that kind of stuff, you know? So, I just okay. I feel right. like we're creating more barriers than necessary. Well, finding cards is a challenge. I mean, finding... Okay. All right. So, I just here's... Like you'd be here's... more able to find a revised corset than a revised corset and six other cycles. Okay. That makes sense. I mean, that, that is mathematically true. Right. So. Yeah. Okay. So here's the reasoning. They wanted to make sure that they had some kind of a release. Uh, they wanted to keep doing rotation and make this so that it'd be ready for them to continue rotation. That doesn't make sense. Well, in the same way that the revised core set took things from the first two cycles and rolled them in and be like, we want to save these cards. Similarly, they wanted to say like, we're going to rotate another couple of cycles before long, and so we'll want to make sure that we have a core set that that saves the the cards from there that we want to that we want to keep. Well, I don't even know what, what does it mean by rotate because they said you said in the formats there'd be like certain formats. Right, we're talking about the standard format. Hmm. So like Genesis and Spin were the first two cycles of Netrunner. We had a couple of cards from those that were saved. Right, like Chaos Theory for example, was in one of those cycles. Anyway. And so, they, but they want to release a new corset every year as part of like, a, this is like, a, this is like what you'd want to teach someone the game right now or what you'd want to like kind of build the, everything around. Yeah. All right. Okay. Not, not, not so crazy about the idea I see. No, I would just go with a revised corset and be. So it said they wanted to, um, also invigorate the meta with some powerful cards that are rotated, but not making the meta all about those cards. So, a couple of things. Here's some examples of things. Caddy Jones. Caddy? Caddy. I don't make this stuff up. So, I want you to take a look at this, right? So, it's two-cost resource, uh, and can't use her more than once per turn. For a click, you can put three credits from the bank on her, and for a click, you can take all the credits off of her. So, you... Fell in love with Magnum Opus early. Yeah. And so Caddy, a neutral a neutral resource. Here are some ways in which maybe Caddy is better than Magnum Opus. Okay. She, first of all, is a resource, which means that she she's, be dumped easily she's a little bit more vulnerable, right? There's a little more interplay. Like, you're like, oh, okay, well, I can only use her once a turn. So I have to find other things to do, but if I run, does that put her at risk, right? And so, like, there's, like, more interplay there. 
and also as like so that's not you're saying the upsides of her because this all seems like downside it's like more interesting right so there's more like you're like when do i empty her off right like because i think i can't if i put money onto her then i can't take it off this turn but also there's like you could gain more she's cheaper than magnum opus she doesn't take up memory yeah, I mean, that, I could see as an upside, but... Also, when I'm playing my outfit deck, I can have a bus run over. Yeah, again, not... <laughs> not arguing the side you think you are. Okay, next thing. They, as part of the corset experience, they're going to have um, two IDs per faction, right? They're going to have a standard ID and then, like, a bonus ID, right? So... Think about Wayland, right? You've got building a better world. Yeah. And then you're like, hey, I need another, like, I want to try in something a little bit more interesting. I want to, like, upgrade my experience. You can go to Blue Sun, right? And so Blue Sun lets you, at the beginning of your turn, you can take a res card back into your hand and get credits equal to its res cost. Huh. So, for example... That's kind of a cool idea. Right. Like, like so some specific things you could do are... Uh, think about like gatekeeper, right? Where it's uh, that code gate in uh, Hospiroid in the Rain and Reverie, where it's six strength the first turn you res it, but then oh, it's zero strength. And so you can, like, you're taking a, you'd be taking a click to install it each time, but like that would be one thing that you could do. The other thing you could do is when your Adonis campaign is about to run out of money. And bring that on back and then start all over. <laughs> so, That's a good point. I was thinking, like, uh, you know, sometimes you just put down the ice that you have because it's better than no ice protecting a server. Right. And you might want to have, like, an end-the-run ice or a specific kind of ice further in so you can kind of re- re- rejigger that a little bit. Yeah. You could also just... Uh, Res your snare and just bring it back to your hand and not get any money, but then be like, oh, I'll just hang on to that for later. So that's like a more advanced Wayland ID, so you can have some of those other things. And this is just a revised course that they're not, or not revised course that they're... Course at 2019, yeah. But they're... They're not limiting you to those. Correct. So they would be limiting to you that in the core format. And so some of them will be, these are IDs that we're, we don't want to have rotate. And some of them will be, these are IDs from other parts of the game that we think are good for like the core experience. So they're going to rotate it every year. Then like, it's going to always be different. You know, like, I mean, the way I see it, like the way I think about it is like, there's the revised core set. And sure, like maybe like, Moving one or two cards in or out would make sense as you get more cards, but like, I don't know. It's a good question. I got the impression that the core set would be mostly like, have a very large overlap with the existing revised core, but we'll have to see. That's what November's for, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Also, <clears throat> even though we're, we're, you know, moving towards a, maybe like even digital first or something like that. Okay. We're, uh, they're still including in the core set, like, cards at one of or two of and not just all, like, you know, three of because, not just because of box constraints anymore or FFG trying to get people to buy multiple copies, but because, like, there are cards, like, Maker's Eye that within a core experience might be, like, a fun one of, but, like, aren't necessarily great candidates for... Like, you might overpower a deck or make or take cards too far. One of the ones they had a, as an example is Quest Completed, which is a nerdy video game card featuring the nerdy video game guy, Wizard. So it's a, it's a zero-cost event. After you run R, H, HQ, R&D, and Archives in a single turn, you can play it, and you can access any installed card in any server. So you're like, oh... That server has, like, a surveyor that's at strength 12 and a whole bunch of nasty stuff. I'm just going to go ahead and see that card anyway. Well, not just see it. You can access Right, access it. it straight up. Grab that agenda because you've got mad skills. But that's, a, again, something that you can... Or could, get zapped by that snare. You know, whatever. Well, that's fair enough. <laughs> that could happen. 
but that's what it's a fun card. I can yeah, so that's why a million of those right. Yeah, so that's the core experience. That's Article Two. Okay. Any other feedback on that? Any other thoughts that you have? No, I mean, just have like a lot of questions about how that revised corset. No, not revised corset. Well, they're going to revise the corset, so that's fair. It's corset 2019. Yeah, how how this this rotation changing every year of a corset it doesn't quite make sense, but you know, once I see it, it might. All right. Cool. So, third article: exchange of information. That's a card. Do you know that? Anyway. It's a bunch of questions and answers. Um, not a ton of super exciting stuff that I think is worth mentioning. Works for me. Yeah. All right. Fourth article, restructure. So this is about rules. So first things first, one of the uh, key resources in Netrunner was ANCUR, I think it's Android Netrunner Community Unofficial Resource. Okay. That's probably about right. That's like at least 80% right. They were hosting the unofficial FAQs, right, where, where people um, uh, were answering questions about card interactions, but they weren't actually, they were like rules experts, but they weren't FFG employees. And then eventually those would get, like, sucked into, like, official FAQs that would occasionally, like, also um, result in card errata, right, to clarify them. Errata? Yeah, like, like, corrections. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. E-R-R. E-R-R-A-T-A. I think it's a single T, yeah. You're pretty good about it. Anyway. I thought maybe you were saying like card erotica, and I was like, I don't think I want to know about this. Okay, for the record, I have the uh the, this podcast marked as family friendly, so Well I'm we'll glad have to talk about it. I'm glad because no, I don't want we to. We can talk have a separate this. podcast about I'd that. I'd rather not. Okay. I don't even want to think about it. <laughs> Alright. So uh Jake um is the guy that was running that, and and also um, there's this guy, Jamie, who was associated with that. And so the, the first piece of news is that that resource, the unofficial resource, has been turned over as, like, it's, like, now custodialed, custodiated, being run by Nisei. So okay. they're kind of uh, keeping that, that rules expertise in-house. Second thing was there's some very there's some specific rules changes, so they changed the way that the rules were organized, so it might be easier to look up. Okay. I haven't actually looked at this yet, but um, the other thing is they've got they changed the credit uh, definitions, right? So it's like the question is like what are the different ways for credits to appear in your credit pool? So they, they simplified that, streamlined it. Because right, if you think about like a Donna's campaign, it's like place credits on this and then move like move these credits to your credit pool or like take these credits. It says take them, but it doesn't say gain them. Uh, so like, does a Donna's campaign trigger pad tap? It's ambiguous, but now the answer is yes. Take gaining the or taking the car the credits from a Donna's campaign now counts as gaining credits, which should trigger pad tap. Okay, I think that's nice. Sure. Okay, so it's just clarification. Well, it's it, that's actually a, a rule change, but it's like it's it's simplifying the rules. Um, so when you're searching your deck, you no longer are required to find a card. So if you like do a test run and then you like look through your cards, you're like, oh shoot, it's actually not in there. In the past, you'd have to be like, oh, I need to have someone else validate that my card, my deck does not actually contain that card, or else. Like, you would be cheating, but now you're not cheating anymore. So you'd be like, I didn't find it. Whoops. Okay. Because that doesn't make any sense why you would... Yeah, that... Okay, good. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm thinking, right? Also, as the runner, did you know that your heap needs to be in order? 
You mentioned that one. And if you get it out of order, you could lose the game on a game loss? No longer! Oh, that's good. That's probably the worst rule. Yeah, that makes no sense. Hey, look, there's your errata. You spelled it correctly. Yeah, see, it's a real word. It is. Yeah. Also, this was the special, like, when Jacob applied as the uh, the rules manager, I heard the story was that they were like, hey, what's a rules interaction that we don't know about? It's like part of the application. And so he gave this one um, uh, about, like, the order in which cards are played. So if there's a card that, um, if you play this card, like a sure gamble, okay. you spend the credits... That could trigger something that does meat damage to you. If you like, there are cards that do that, right? If you don't have any credits, right? So uh, okay. And then, but the sure gamble is still considered in your hand under the original rules, and so the meat damage could take the sure gamble out of your hand before it finishes resolving. That seems terrible. Yes, because it creates basically a, a time paradox for the rules. Yeah. So that's not a thing anymore either. Okay. So once a card is not in your, once the card is being played, it's not in your hand while it's being played. So that's neat. So it's just like the rules are a lot cleaner now. I support that. Yep. Should be easier to find. That's all good. All right. Article number five. Nisei got a website. That seems good. Nisei.net. N-I-S-E-I. Okay. So that's where these articles are posted now, and you should go get them there. Also, that's when they announced that they're shipping. Uh, they they put the order out for the game night kits. Thirty dollars ship, including shipping anywhere in the world. Well, that's nice. Yeah. Seems reasonable. Yeah. All right, and so if you order it, it says if you order it before uh, November 10th, they should have them by the middle of December, so you should be ready for events then. See if our local meta is all over that. Okay. Article 6, Art Gallery. Visual. Yeah, so it actually starts out with some fiction. Okay. About uh, Caprice Nisei, the clone, and... In, in cyberspace trying to find some people that did some things. Okay. I often find this fiction hard to follow because it like kind of throws you in the middle of something that you don't know what's happening and it's also in like a virtual abstracted world a lot of the time. Yeah, I don't really Anyway. Know. So, first things first. Nisei made new... They're not tattoos, but they made new icons because FFG owns the other ones. Oh, okay. Thoughts? You can't see them listening audience, but they are new credit, recurring credit, memory unit, link, and click icons. They look pretty much exactly the same. Okay. Well then. I feel like the link, I like the square link. I do too. Alright, next. The art. The actual art on the cards for the game night kit and the playmat. Oh, okay. So you got your Rashida Jaheem alt art and the the Titan Transnational ID and the and the new playmat. I really like that playmat. I really like the playmat too. Do you know what? I was at uh, I was out and about with one of our children earlier today. Yes. And she pointed out that on the playmat you can see like the different headquarters of the different corporations. Like the outfit, for example, <laughs> is right over here. She's like, Dad, check it out. That's pretty rad. Yeah. All right. Alt art Rashida. Hot take. Looks good. I don't know. It's fine. Okay. I like the colors on it. I feel like the art isn't really my style. It's like the kind of the the like the I don't know what, what it, how to even describe it. But it's like kind of the muted, squishy mm. thing. Mm. It looks fine. But I like her hair. Looks nice. Yeah. Yeah. And also, um, card backs. Oh.
Cool. Those of you listening, Nicole just checked the, the card backs of the cards that <laughs> we reviewed earlier in the episode. But those are these are happened. official FFG cards that were printed by someone who's not a member of Project Nisei at cost. So it was like these are essentially like profit-free piracy oh, okay. for those of us who couldn't get the cards. Cool. And these are going to be what new Nisei cards would be printed as with. So it's got Kevin Tame's logo. I think this was our favorite, right? The... Uh, yeah, it might have been. All right. I don't remember. Fair enough. Okay. All right. That's Article 6 with the art. Article 7. Uh, Vinyl. Yeah. It's been quite a journey. And big thing, I think, in this one is that uh, NRDB is now owned by Nisei as well. Oh, that's cool. Who were they owned by before? Just random? It was a guy. His name is Alciende. Okay. Just this guy that built it because he loved it. Okay. He just turned it over, so now Nisei owns it. Nice. Yeah. So, the only other thing that would be, that's kind of out there in the community is is uh, Jinteki.net. And that's, um, they have an official Jinteki.net rep in Nisei, so they've like got those communication channels open. That's good. Yeah, so I think that's going to be enough to carry the the game forward. Good. That's great because that's where you know keep your decks. That's where you link to other. Uh, you know, you you post your your decks to always be running all kinds of stuff like that. So, last topic. So, okay, seven articles. Any thoughts? Any other thoughts on those articles about the future of Netrunner in the hands of the fans? I'm excited to see where it goes. It's nice that it's not just dying. Like, once we get into it, it quits, you know? So, I'm hopeful. I have to say, I'm just amazed at how much progress they've made since the announcement. Just, like, you know, it was the day after or something when they were like, we can't let this happen. What's it going to look like? And they started organizing, and, and now they've come up with so much content already. They're just, it's great work. It's great. Hope they don't burn out. Right. That I could see happening, and I hope that they get the help that they need. We should yeah. think about how we can be the help that they need in small ways. I can play that runner. I think that actually makes more work for them. <laughs> All right. Okay. Last. Last topic. Okay. Stimhack Online Cash Refresh 8 is coming up. Register by November 4th. Jinteki.net tournament. Rules are... Three revised core, Katara, Rain of Reverie, and one other big box of your choice per side. Are you excited? No. I don't like playing on Jinteki.net. Why is that? I just don't like the experience. I like holding the cards. I think better that way. You know, and you have suggested that maybe it's because I've never played on the computer. I've always played on like a tablet or a phone and... Just not great for that, but I just don't like the feeling. It's not very fun. I will say... Are you excited? I am excited, first of all. Second of all, I think Jinteki.net has a lot of things going for it. Number one, instantaneous perfect shuffling. Yes. Number two, I don't know what it is, but I feel every bit the same amount of tension. As when I'm playing with someone in person, I just like, there's just like the, what are they going to do? Still going to, still gets me. Yeah. See, I don't have that. When I play it, I'm just like annoyed the whole time that the computer's not doing exactly what I want when I want, or I can't figure out how to move things where I want them to be moved or. Yeah. There's a little bit, there's like a little bit of a learning curve, but I think it's pretty straightforward. I think, I think we should try, um, Maybe try again, but would, that would require a second laptop, huh? Yeah. Yeah, okay. We'll work through that. But yes, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, I did not do well in, in number seven. Uh, and I, w- I was doing well. I got up to like, I think it was 70 people or about. And I got up to like 12. And then I got some bad draws. I got some really bad card order in my corp deck. And I just, I just like started tilting, I think. And it was just, uh-huh. I just like fell 
precipitously from there. I ended up below below the halfway mark. Bummer. Yep. So I think, though, um, I'm looking forward to either a very similar Building a Better World Wayland deck or potentially I've been thinking about the outfit lately. Oh. Yep. Very cool. And uh, on the runner's side, I have no idea. No idea. <laughs> Having three revised cores makes like a Liza deck much more plausible because you can run three crash space instead of two. Yeah. Which makes like a, a an avoiding or removing tags Liza uh, much more doable. Although I find that you're just so reliant on those crash spaces and they take, still take up the click. So I don't yeah. know. Anyway, that's my thought. So anyone who's listening, still listening after all of that, congratulations, first of all. I, I applaud you for your fortitude. <laughs> Secondly, sign up for that. Uh, if you don't know how to, you should ask someone on, go to Stimhack, go to the forum, and find the right forum post and ask someone how to join. You can get on the, the Slack channel and get invited and it's super fun so it's you know just two games a week and you can and you can play with people all across the world which is sometimes challenging due to time zones but <laughs> lots of fun yeah. i did play a, a 5 a.m game once uh, but that's all right so all right wrapping up i see okay until next time, my uh, friends, my listeners, have a wonderful time, hopefully playing Netrunner. Indeed. We should play some Netrunner. Right now? No. You seem like you're falling asleep. I am very close for you to fall asleep. <laughs> okay, let's play some Netrunner some other time, though. Okay. Okay. Bye, guys. Bye.